So again, we want to thank you guys for joining us. I'm grateful for the opportunity uh, to share the word of God today with you all. Um, and one thing Matt told me as a freshman that's always stuck with me. Um, and so it's just, if we're always spending time in the word, we should always have something to share, always be ready to preach. And so that's kind of where I'm at today. Um, just kind of sharing what I've been studying this week, what I've been reflecting on. And so um, a lot of what I'll be sharing is from things that I learned at Cross Conference last week. I know we heard a little bit of the testimonies last week of things that were going on, but kind of reflecting on that a little bit more as this week's been going on. And so with that, I also want to credit that parts of this sermon are going to be pulled from things that different speakers said at that conference. Um, and so I can't take credit for, for all of this. Also, it's God's word, so we credit all to him anyway. Um, but today I'm going to have us look at the Great Commission. Um, so if you guys want to open your Bibles or we'll have it up on the screen as well, um, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 28 within the Great Commission. So briefly, let me just open in prayer as well. Dear Heavenly Father, we just come to you now, and God, we just give you all the praise and the glory that you deserve. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to gather, um, even virtually, whether that's not our, our first choice or not, but that we can still gather with one another, um, sing your praises, study your word, and just encourage one another in fellowship. So we're grateful for that, Lord. I just pray for this time that you would open our hearts and minds to your word. Lord, I pray that you would guard my tongue, that I would not stray from your word, and that um, your spirit would just speak through me in this time. And so I pray all this in your name. Amen. All right. So like I mentioned, we're going to be looking at the Great Commission, which um, to kind of set the scene, the Great Commission, this is after Jesus has rose from the dead and he's um, meeting with his disciples one last time and giving them one last command um, that he talks about. So we're picking up in Matthew 28, verse 16 through 20. It's verse 16. The 11 disciples traveled to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshiped, but some doubted. Then Jesus came near and said to them, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. So what I'd like to do today is kind of just break this down um, with five key points that I think we should look at within the Great Commission and consider when we think about that. And then also what our response is, what is our role in the Great Commission as followers of Jesus? So the first point I want to look at today is authority. And so Jesus starts off by saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. So this is something that we need to consider and we think about the Great Commission, because if we're a Christian, if we've been saved, we are a people under authority. If you're not a Christian, if you have not uh, placed your faith in Christ, you're not under that authority. You're free to do whatever you want and whatever desires you want to follow. You can do that. But those of us who are Christians, we're under that authority, and that authority is of Jesus. Um, so when we think about what we want to do, that is second. That is subservient to what the king wants us to do and what we're commanded to do. Um, we see this kind of as a theme throughout the New Testament. Paul starts the book of Romans by calling himself a slave of Jesus. Um, that word slave comes from the Greek word doulos. We see that a lot in the New Testament as well. Additionally, in 1 Corinthians, which we'll look at eventually when we start our 1 Corinthians series, Paul talks about how we are not our own and we were bought at a price. And again, this shouldn't be a huge surprise to us if we're familiar with the Bible, because 
Um, it's a central message of the gospel. There was a cost that we owed. We owed a debt um, that was too great for us to pay. And Jesus paid that for us. Romans 3.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Um, so again, this shouldn't be anything that is too too radical for us, but it's something important to consider when thinking about our call is that when we surrender our lives to Christ, we are no longer our own and we must be obedient to what Christ has commanded us to do. So we want to keep that in context when we think through the Great Commission in its entirety, um, that we are all called to play a part in the Great Commission. So that's the first point I want to look at is authority. The next one is go. This one we typically hear a lot when we think about the Great Commission is going. It says, go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Now, again, this is one that we focus on a lot is the going as you are going, um, make disciples. Um, but one thing to keep in mind is this would have been a radical idea to the Jewish people of that day. In the Old Testament, the nation of Israel would glorify God and walk with their king. And from that, the nations would come to Israel. But now Jesus has kind of flipped it on its head and we are going out to the nations um, to make disciples. And so this is kind of a, a radical flip for for those Jewish people of that day. So it's one thing for us to keep in context why this may be normal for us to hear. This would have been a radical idea for them to go make disciples of the Gentile nations into the ends of the earth. This would have been something that was radical. So where do they go? It says, go and make disciples of all nations. What's a nation when it's talking about a nation here? Um, the nations don't mean our political nation states like we think about today. It's not saying Mexico, Ecuador, United States, while we go to them, it's really more closely translated towards um, our words like ethnicity or ethnic group or people group, kind of like that. And so one of the things that they talked about at cross conference is that the number one marker that we look for when we consider what is a people group, what is an unreached people group is language. Um, do they have a distinct language? That's typically how we look at different people groups as well from there. We also see this in the Bible, in the book of Revelation, in chapter 5, verse 9, it talks about every tribe and language, people and nation. Um, so that's kind of what we think about. We're going to the people groups. We're going to the unreached who have not heard the word of God. And we see this as an example um, of the apostles' lives. After they got this call, what did they do? They all went and um, went to foreign lands, planted churches, and different things like that. And one thing that I think is important um, for us to remember, too, as well, is that so 12 of the 13 apostles and the apostles, that's the 11 remaining disciples um, after Judas um, left, and then you add in Matthias and Paul, 12 of those 13 apostles died in foreign lands. And so only James died in his home country. And it's because of this passage that they all went out to foreign lands. They were planting churches. They were being obedient to the Great Commission. And they were taking the gospel to where it's never been before. So go. Um, some of us are called to go and make Christ known to the ends of the earth, to the unreached peoples. Um, so the second point I want to look at was go. The third point is teach or teaching. So it says, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. In Romans 10, 13 through 14, which we're going to look at a little bit later, Paul says, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on him they have not believed in? And how can they believe without hearing about him? And how can they hear without a preacher? So this is, again, part of that calling as we go. 
Um, we're not just sharing the gospel and calling it done. We're teaching them to observe everything that has been commanded to us. So teaching them the word of God, how to be a part of a local church, how to raise up leaders, send them out on missions in that way as well. So, and how do we teach them? What does that look like? That leads directly into the next point as well that I want to focus on, which is gathering or just the church itself. Um, and so this is obviously not a surprise to us, but how do we teach people? We teach them through the church. We don't want to just make converts. We want to make a church when we go um, on missions. This is partly what we do when we're over in Ecuador. How else can we teach all that Jesus taught? How can we tell people um, to be baptized? How can we take communion or obey elders um, or send out missionaries? How can we do all that without the church? We can't just go and share the gospel and say, awesome, they're reached, they're saved. We've got converts. We've got to help them plant a church. Um, that is biblically sound and can be self-sustaining on its own. So they're not reliant on missionaries. And so when we think back to the apostles, um, when they went and died in foreign lands, what were they doing in foreign lands? They were planting churches. Um, the church is God's mission strategy. Um, he doesn't just send us all out and say, hey, go make disciples. But he wants us to continue to teach them and help them to be trained up to be mature Christians um, not just immature Christians who don't know the word of God. So without a healthy church, we don't see the great commission completed among a people group. Um, they may have heard about Christ, but if there's not a church planted there, the great commission is not fulfilled in that area yet. And like I mentioned, this is kind of the heart behind our trips to Ecuador as a church, as a state convention, we partnered directly with local churches in Ecuador um, we've sent teams to help train and equip and encourage the Ecuadorian pastors there and their church leaders, um, because, again, we're trying to raise them up and strengthen their local churches there as well. So that's one of the things that we try to keep at the heart of when we do missions. Um, so we can't forget the importance of the church when we think about the Great Commission. It's not just us and God. It's us and the church, us and God's bride. So we continue on. The last point I want to look at is eternity. So at the end, Jesus encourages them and says, and remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. So how did the apostles, how did they have the power and the strength to leave their homes and go fulfill the Great Commission? Well, they didn't go alone. Jesus says, I'm with you always. They had the spirit of God dwelling inside them and on their side. And that's the same power that rose Jesus from the grave, the same power that empowered these apostles to go risk their lives and eventually be martyred for their faith. That's the same power that dwells within us today if we know Christ, that same spirit. We can't lose sight of that. We have the power of God dwelling within us, um, and it's on our side. And so it, um, when you're nervous about sharing your faith, um, God doesn't want you to mess up. God doesn't want you to fail. The Holy Spirit will help and assist in that time. So... We can't lose sight of eternity when we think about the Great Commission. Um, there is a sense of urgency, not an urgency to go um, unprepared, but an urgency that our life is a vapor and our time in this life is fleeting. We don't know how much time we have left. Um, Christ could call us each home tomorrow or in 40 years. Who knows? Um, we never know. But that's kind of the urgency is that we need to be sharing the gospel because we don't know how much time anyone has um, and we must have an internal perspective each and every day as well. When we wake up, it helps keep things in perspective for us. Um, the minor issues and different difficulties that we go through day to day, when we keep an internal perspective, we're focused on what's important. 
We're not tied down to this life and the things of this world. So a good passage I want us to look at really quick that kind of focuses on this is in 2 Corinthians. So 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18. It says, therefore, we do not give up. Even though our outer person is being destroyed, our inner person is being renewed day by day. For our momentary light affliction is producing for us an absolutely incomparable eternal weight of glory. So we do not focus on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. So again, this just serves as that reminder that we got to have eternal eyes and an eternal perspective as we go through um, our day-to-day lives. And so in light of all of this, what is our response to the Great Commission? You know that we are all under the authority of Christ and are called to play a part of the Great Commission. So should we all just pack up our things and go take the gospel to the ends of the earth tomorrow? Not necessarily. We're all called to play a role in the Great Commission, either as goers or senders. Um, And these are kind of two different um, areas that you may be called to be in in different seasons of your life. You may be in different parts uh, parts as well. And so Paul talks about this in Romans. So in Romans 10, 13 through 15, it says, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on him they have not believed in? And how can they believe without hearing about him? And how can they hear without a preacher? And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who announce the gospel of good things. So here we kind of get a picture of the two different sides. There's goers and there's senders. Goers are the ones that are out, those missionaries that are going to make Christ known across the nations to those who have never heard and are being um, bought into that culture. They're planting churches. They're raising up disciples um, so that they can have a healthy church of their own. Those are the goers. And then there's also senders. And senders, those are us as part of a local church, raising up, making disciples in our area to then be sent out to go uh, make the nations. We're also um, supporting them through prayer and giving. And this isn't supposed to be a two-tiered system that our goers are A-tier Christians. They're the best Christians. And then us senders, we're kind of B-tier Christians. That's not the case. They're both equally important and equally essential for the fulfillment of the Great Commission. Goers need faithful senders to support them so that they're able to go. Um, So these are kind of two things you may think about. um, What season am I in right now? How does God have me set up right now where I am either um, being prepared to be a goer, to be sent out someday? Um, Am I working um, with our pastors, with our church? Have I shared my desire to be a goer? Am I being trained to be ready to do that? Or maybe being a sender, how am I raising disciples today where I am to be able to go out and make disciples across the globe, across the nations to those who have never heard? So it's kind of two different um, callings that we may have. And again, those can change as we get into different seasons. My hope and my prayer for all of us is that if Christ um, spoke to us today and said, hey, I'm asking you to go, um, to move to an unreached people group that has never had the Bible translated in their language. I pray that our hearts would all be, yes, Lord, my life is yours. Whatever you ask of me, I will go do it. Um, And so that's kind of where we're at. Our lives, again, are not our own. They are under the authority of Christ. Now, when you think about goer versus sender, this doesn't mean only the goers, only those who are called to be missionaries are those that are responsible to share the gospel. That's not the case. Goers and senders, we're both responsible to be sharing and evangelizing 
um, within our communities, within our jobs, within our work, within our uh, schools, um, that is still part of our calling. And we see this in 1 Peter. In 1 Peter 2, verse 9, it says, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his possession, so that you may proclaim the praises of the one who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So we are still called, regardless of if you're a goer or a sender, to make Christ known and proclaim the praises of the one who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So this should still encourage us and challenge us us daily. Are we sharing the praises? Are we just talking about um, how great our God is in the same way that we would talk about our family members? Um, Everyone at my work knows that I'm married because I talk about Annie a lot because I love Annie. She's my wife. But do they know I'm a Christian? Do I talk about Christ and my relationship with Christ in the same way that I would talk about my wife? Do people know that about you? Um, Something you may want to think about and consider and maybe challenge yourself um, as we start again, a new year. People are often making goals and challenges for themselves, but how can you be better at sharing the praises of Christ in your workplaces, in your school? How can you do a better job of raising up disciples this year um, to prepare them to go out to become more senders or more goers later on? Who has Christ placed in your life at this time that you can spend time to raise them up, to do life with them and to disciple them? That's kind of our, our challenge and our call here. So when we think about the Great Commission, we have to remember that we are all under authority of Christ. This is a command for all of us to play a part of. So whether we want to or not, again, we're under that authority as Christians, and this is our command. We're commanded to go and make disciples of all nations um, and to teach them to observe all that has been commanded us. So teaching them, not just saying, hey, pray this prayer, accept Christ, awesome, you did it, they're done, check them off, but teaching them to be a mature Christian, how to plan a church, raising up church leaders um, and elders to be able to have their own local church there, teaching them. Um, helping them to gather as one another, and then also keeping that eternal perspective, knowing that, hey, we have the power of God dwelling within us if we know him. That should motivate us. That should encourage us. It should also scare us a little bit because, you know, Christ is with us. He knows what we're doing um, at all times. And so that should, again, motivate us to, to want to do that. So those are kind of the five points that I want to look at. And so maybe take some time this week and kind of think about, okay, do I feel like God is calling me to be a goer or a sender? How has God aligned my life with the people around me to be able to do that? And so take some time and pray about that. And also think about what can I do better this year? What are my goals? Think spiritually. If I want to be more diligent reading the Bible, um, there's a lot of great Bible plans online. I, again, highly encourage you, if you're struggling, if you don't know how to read the Bible, if you're not able to to um, be disciplined, talk to one of us, talk to someone in the church. We would love to help you and encourage you and hold you accountable to that reading. Um, maybe you've never shared your faith and you don't know how. It's not very hard, but if you need some some coaching on that, again, reach out to one of us or someone else in the church. We'd be happy to help you or, or to go out with you and pray for you as well. So just think through different types of goals that you could have. Um, how am I preparing myself to be sent out someday um, from our church? Have I shared that desire that I have? Think through those things as we think through 2022 and what the Lord can do um, within our communities here and with through us.